Hey, Peter. Hey. That's my left hand. Why are you looking at it weird? Something wrong with it? No, what the hell is it? I don't know. What the hell do I do with it? Uh, that's a good question. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. That, you forgot what this I was? I almost said Codcast. <laughs> cod. We talk about cod. Cod in, in Portuguese is bacalao. Bacalao. It's our yeah. fishing show. <laughs> it's, uh, Sorry, it's, is, it's the end of a very long day. You know how it happens, like yeah. the end of the podcast recording. It's like 2.25, actually. Oh, my back hurts. <laughs> um, yeah, so... We are excited to be here at the You'll Hear Podcast. We're kind of creeping up on the end of the year. Uh, we got a little momentum. We're not going to lie. We got a little wind in our sails. If you mm. notice a little confidence, a little pep in our step. And I think one of the main reasons I realize what it is is our current sponsor, mm-hmm. and hopefully will be our continuing sponsor, uh, is a little company called it's not even a company. It's an app. It's a magical app with an Alec with a dope, dopio hat on it called Anytune. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. A, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> no, it really is a, a wonderful tool for any musician to use. You can slow track down without losing pitch. You can loop. You can set markers. You can do so much more. There's really so much to uh, to any tune. Check out the free version, but. You know, honestly, if you like it at all, get the pro version. There's so many features that are just killing. I've been using it for months in my practice. I love it. I absolutely uh, recommend it for anybody who is at all transcribing. Even if you are just like, I need to learn the melody to this new tune or I want to learn a new tune uh, a week or whatever, get any tune and it'll help you to get like the intricacies of the beat. Yes. And I just saw my nephew uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday, and he's a freshman at Berkeley, studying oh, at the Berkeley nice. College of Music. And I was telling him about any tune. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they gave that to us. Like during their orientation week, all Berkeley incoming students get a free copy of the pro version. I mean, that tells you all you need to know right there. Berkeley approved. Berkeley approved. Just yeah. like this podcast. We are Berkeley approved. Did you know that? We are not. Actually. Oh, we are not? <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> we have some fans up there. We I did, do. I did we, hear about that. Big shout out to Berkeley College of Music in California. Keep on going with the Bay Area. No, that's another place. Berkeley School of Music. Awesome. Go to anytune.us slash you'll hear it to check it out. Yes. And uh, yeah. So today, uh, what the hell do I do with my left hand? Well, there's a lot you could do with it. That's right. But But some some of those things we can't talk about on the podcast. But we we are. I'm going to tell you one thing. What the hell do you do with your left hand? If you're a trumpet player, nothing. You just just hold the trumpet. That's right. You can put it in your pocket if you want. That's right. See, we're too piano-centric. We're like, what do you do with the left hand? How do we know? How the hell do you know that we're asking for piano players? Who cares about us? Well, but even if you're a drummer or a bass player or a horn player, you can learn a little bit about what a pianist is thinking as they're accompanying themselves. Oh, so we are piano-centric. Okay, got it. Definitely are piano-centric. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Um, for shizzle. For sh- yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was thinking about this more of like, if I'm soloing in my right hand, what do I do rhythmically with my left hand? It's a question we get asked a lot here at Open Studio. So yeah. I just wanted to like talk about it a little bit. You've got a great left hand and you're Thank you. you're it's always I was at the pedicurist. <laughs> it's uh, always grooving week. when you're soloing. I think a lot of especially beginner and intermediate players either get uh, locked up in fear about it yeah. or paralyzed or they just like overplay with like very poor dynamics and they're not swinging at all. Uh, That's kind of worst case scenario. It's a really bad Wait, thing. Wait, you're talking about only 10% swing or 0% swing? I mean, like, you know, yeah, Sibelius 0% swing. <laughs> 
Sibelius, not our sponsor. We will reiterate that. So um, when you were learning, when you were learning how to solo or whatever, yeah. what did you learn about the left hand? Like what from transcribing or a teacher or another pianist? Like what was what was something that really helped you lock in like how this should sound? Well, you know, the left hand, I mean, I was I was a little bit at the at the mercy of in a in a great way and in a not great way of two things that I was transcribing, solos that I was learning, because I kind of started doing that relatively early. Mm -hmm. So I got some great ideas because I was like listening to pretty good stuff, not pretty good, great stuff. Mm -hmm. But some of it was too hard for me. Yeah. Uh, and then I didn't listen to enough variety at that early stage to get enough. Like I was scared and rightfully so of the more like two-handed players Right. You know, the Jeff Keezers, where Jeff Keezer was just a little boy. Like, I was, so I, he wouldn't have been on my radar. He was still a two-handed player. <laughs> <laughs> he was, yeah. He was probably making records. Yeah. But no, um, you know, like Oscar Peterson, I didn't even attempt to, you know, transcribe his stuff for a long time. Um, so I, I definitely got, you know, some really good comping ideas. It's just the areas that I got more in. I mean, it's funny. It's like always you think about what you didn't get. So let me, let me flip it over and talk about the really great things that I did get. Wynton Kelly solo on Freddie Freeloader. Have we ever talked about that record? A couple times. Should we link below? No, we don't need to link. Everybody knows it. Freddie Freeloader, Wynton Kelly, like just the penultimate classic, you know, solo and such great examples of the greatest relatively simple things to do, very difficult to do as effective as he does, but he lays out the whole blueprint of a foundation, I think, of that you can extend to like a great left-handed jazz left-hand career on well, a piano. It's, it's very simple, as you said, but it's like it it's has everything you need. It's grooving, it complements what he's doing with his right hand. Yeah. And dynamically it's it's just right in the right spot. Yeah. In the space in the music. Yeah, and I think that, you know, what I got from that was really um sort of before I really understood how difficult it was, I got that really intuitive, confident way mm. of phrasing with the left hand, which is different because there's a lot, like it's different than the right hand because there's there's an interplay kind of rhythmically and structurally in the solo that, that the left hand plays an important role. But that's kind of the sophisticated, complicated part of, of what otherwise can appear sort of simple. So it's really good if you can get that sort of intuitively because the worst thing is if you take a solo that's like learnable like that, but the most complicated parts like the the structure of it and how he tells the story and how the left hand and right hand like interplay with each other. If you overanalyze those parts, all of a sudden you've sort of turned something simple into something complicated and difficult. Right. And then you can't play with the the just extreme swinging and confidence that yeah. he exudes. He's in that. just speaking. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it, it's coming out. Yeah. But yeah, getting going can be a hard thing. I remember, I mean, I had a teacher that showed me left-hand voicings and I definitely wasn't using them in a swinging way until I think I transcribed like a Bud Powell solo. Ooh, that dude was good. And he was just doing very simple like, uh -huh. you know, and it, it's dawned Secondary on dominance. me. <laughs> it dawned on me I don't have to do very much. Yeah. You know, like I think I was overplaying thick yeah. four-note voicings yeah. that just were always whatever. The number of is there a connection between the number of notes in a voicing and how much you're swinging with your rhythm? There might be. Really? There might be. <laughs> but really just about the rhythmic idea of, you know, even though he was playing with a rhythm section, he was kind of laying down somewhat of a two-feel yeah. and then kind of acts, you know, like like um, playing off of that. Yeah. And you could still feel that two-feel from the rhythm that section. The little lilt. And yeah. it was really eye-opening as far as like how I can make my accompanying voicings feel. Yes. Um, and then also something that actually Jeffrey Keezer talks about quite a bit, and I think it's very eye-opening that to, to Keys, this is a very important part. Um, and it 
you realize this, the better you, the be, the better at this you get. But dynamics play such a crucial role in comping for yourself and what your left hand is doing. So what the hell do I do with my left hand? Whatever it is, make sure that you are under whatever the, the if that's your soloing with your right, you, you need to not be competing with your own left hand for that. So you have to work on dynamics. It's hard to do. Like you couldn't do it with the key station. No, 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 no. We can't even fit both hands on there. No. I think it's horrible. But uh, but you can bring out melodies in your left hand. Right. And, and like practicing those dynamics, like coming up when you, the left hand is going to be featured. Yes. But then going back down in this space, you know. So when you get into the more advanced areas like that, like, you know, really soloing anything kind of melodic counterpoint or even counter melodies between the hands, then, you know, what the hell you do with your left hand is going to depend upon what the hell can you do with your left hand. Right. So a lot of independent hand practice, a lot of working on, you know, maybe some areas of control that you have with the right hand due to, and I mean, I never know if it's more due to, yes, yeah, if it's your dominant hand, if you're right hand, and of course that's there, but it's also just the amount of time that the sets and reps you've, you've spent playing melodically with your right hand versus what you're playing with your left hand. So from a mindset standpoint, I always think, to go, we were talking about the well-tempered clavier the other day. That's great, but you can even go simpler or maybe a little easier, which is the Bach two-part inventions. For sure. Like that can start to get some melodic flair and ideas and confidence going with your left hand because a lot of the stuff that's written there is thrown back and forth between the hands at different times. But it gets you, it, it sort of forces you to play just as melodically with your left hand as you are your right hand. So that starts to get you the mindset. It's not a stylistic thing yet. It's not like jazz, swinging, But whatever. if you, and then... It, and if you want to apply that, then your jazz playing, practice doing a single note baseline two feel with your left hand and the mm -hmm. melody with your right. Oh, I thought you would say baseline with the invention in the right. That would be oh, that'd, that'd be, be kind of a thing. wacky fusion there. That would be a wacky. No, I'm just saying like do I a think blues. I'd be doing that at the Gen Conference. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. No, okay. uh, but like playing a blues with just like a simple two yeah. feel baseline. Yes. And then filling it like connecting the dots and filling in rhythmically from what your right hand is playing. That could be eye opening for how much independence you actually have. Ooh, I love that. And you know what? Speaking of left-handed baselines, two feel or in four or in whatever meter you're playing. Um how about what the hell to do with your left hand? How about a little melodic playing when you're playing a baseline? I love it. Are you allowed to do that? You can play the melody even. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. The left is it's well, depends on what state you're in. There's a couple southern states that have made that illegal recently. <laughs> They're not enforcing that law. Technically, it's still illegal. So you check your local laws and regulations, people. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the left hand, some people treat it like it's an illegal thing. So even if you're walking a simple um, baseline, don't just think about the one and the five. Think about connecting things. So even if you're having the discipline of like, we love to preach, you know, sit on those half notes so that you get the control and the independence of the hands going. But always be hearing and thinking, always be hearing, ABH. That's mm. going to be a new hashtag for us next year, possibly, to go along with ABL, one of our favorites. Hashtag that up. Um, so we're getting in the mindset of the left hand playing melodically. Everybody, this is the great thing. See, if you can make these connections, there's not a human on the planet, I don't think, that doesn't hear in their minds at least what a melody is like that's something that a baby responds for to, sure right little baby look at me uncle peter what little baby wouldn't respond to that they might puke they might throw up they might slap me but you know what i'm, I'm saying? Asleep. <laughs> oh it's a little lullaby for that's adam right. yeah, right. a lullaby for adam little adam he's got a beard but he's a baby um <laughs> yeah so i mean the melodic impulse is is a human thing so 
why would we not want to connect with that with the left hand on the basic level so that once we do become more melodic and like what the hell are we can do with our left hand, play some melodies, do some improvising. Let's get that connection going that's already there. That's super important, man. Yeah. So that's it. That's what the hell you should uh, do for your left hand. I right. Think this and how a- to sing your little baby to sleep. We should do a whole episode sometimes singing, but we're going to have to put a warning on it, you know, <laughs> like the uh, like the Tipper Gore profanity warning. Yeah. Remember that? Warning this entire episode. is <laughs> Like, I'm, like you'll hear it at the musical? You'll hear it at the musical. Yeah. We can make it like I love my musically. melodies. They're yeah, so yeah. melodic. I'm talking about how natural they oh, are. They're good. horrible. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, the intern engineer over there, is literally throwing up. Uh, well, we, you won't hear horrible melodies if you go to openstudiojazz.com and <laughs> no. check out some of our courses. Check out the Piano Access Pass. Uh, it's popping off. It's all of our piano courses that we've ever made, plus any we'll make as, as long as you're a member, uh, which is a lot that yeah. we have on the books. And this is a good time, you know, kind of at the end of the year. Think about that annual membership. That's going to be your best value. You're going to get like three months free on that and, um, you know, a lot of great new content. We got the next volume of the the Jazz, pian- jazz Piano Technique course coming out, which is going to be fun. Uh, Pentatonix is already in there. It's good stuff. Good stuff. If, if you want to get better. I mean, yeah. If you want to get worse, we got a couple other websites. Don't worry about <laughs> And also, you know, uh, we will be at the Gen Conference. We're going to do a You'll Hear It Live. That's right. We in Nolens. In Nolens. No, nobody calls it that. No. Come sure. see us. Uh, we'll be at our booth. We'll be at the, the You'll Hear It Live. We'll be hanging out in general in New Orleans that whole week. Adam so. will be in the French Quarter, but not until 1.30 a.m. Oh, until 5.30. Oh. And then from 5.37, he'll be passed out on a, on Bourbon Street. And then we will drag him back to his hotel room. First time I, I went to New Orleans, I turned to my wife and I said, I am going to die here. <laughs> Yet you didn't. No, I mean when I'm ready to die. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you went, honey, we're going to party and we're going to be dead by daybreak. No, when the, when the bank account is empty and life is caught up with me, I'm just moving to New Orleans for like two weeks. That's right. Yeah. Good. Well, 